1: Ride your kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Yeah. Yes! Welcome to the jungle. I'm um, Chad. You're gonna die, Sowash.
2: I'm leaving, about to be replaced by Chad GPT. Funny and I knew an awesome. <laughs>
1: This week, Harry Kane scores. Welcome to the jungle, cashes in and leaving follows Whitney Houston's lead and gets more and so emotional over a little buy or sell. Vamos.
0: European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence, with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence.
1: There was a hey, leaving. What's going on, man? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? Another day in paradise. I heard you were on the uh, on on the Alps or something like that. Where the hell yeah, were you?
2: Austria last week. We went on a skiing trip with Redmore, one of our companies, and they uh-huh. had the decency to invite me to their annual skiing trip. And I oh, hope wow. it's a source of inspiration to all the other CEOs who also organize <laughs> skiing trips and they do not invite <laughs> me. So
1: so you know who they are the ones who don't invite you you know who they are okay i
2: will let them know i remember
1: <laughs> talk about first world problems yeah,
2: thanks to edwin for inviting me thank you edwin it's appreciated and it was fun
1: very nice well i can't wait to get back to europe myself i'm not uh, much of the skiing type but uh, i'll do everything i can to find a beach that's for damn <laughs> sure right, you you're not a beach guy you, you're more that the, the skiing kind of guy
2: Depends on the season. In the winter, I'm going to the Alps, and summer, I go to the beach. It's how it's done okay. in Europe.
1: <laughs> it's how it's done in Europe. Yeah, because it's pretty easy. It's pretty yeah. easy to do. All right, let's get to let's get the shout outs before before we get there. Yes, you are missing uh, little Joel Cheeseman action. He had a family emergency, so Levin and I are going to to do a little cover. But we do have a little excerpt of Joel just for all you kids who missing later in the show. Hell yeah! So uh, shout outs levin uh, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and i'm gonna go first just because i'm so excited that harry kane and that's right kids uh scored his 267th goal and becomes Tottenham hotspur's top scorer claiming a record that stood for over 50 years
2: you're talking soccer right yes okay. football uh, you,
1: don't know, you don't know Harry, you don't know never heard about him no <laughs> you're gonna get your passport revoked that's all i gotta say your, your turn Okay, okay.
2: Mine is not about sports, but basically it is about sports. It's about esports. Okay. Shout out to Randstad for launching endgame advertisement and GTA Online. And when they do something stupid like buying Monster, we keep repeating it and we keep talking about it. But when they do something yeah. smart like endgame advertising, we mention it too. Only once, but we'll mention it. So, shout out to Randstad, <laughs> well played. I like everything concerning esports.
1: I mean, you guys did that first though. I mean, you guys got deep into esports before they did. So it sounds like they're just following the leader on this one.
2: Yeah, but that's smart and following the leader, that should be. <laughs> but I don't know, you're right. We um, <laughs> we organized uh, the finals of the some esports cup on the last edition of the e-recruitment congress but uh it's interesting and i'm definitely interested in seeing what they're going to be doing
1: awesome are you gonna have esports on in in, in this year's version of the e-recruitment congress or you got have you guys flushed that out no
2: no probably we'll be be doing something but i'm not sure exactly what we'll see but we're staying active
1: yeah, it was really cool to watch the finals happen last year with uh Belgium taking the, the win, yep. taking the win over those crazy Dutch. So that was uh that was fun to watch. That was fun to watch. Yeah, it was my shout-out, I'm taking back to sports, from sports to esports to sports. Women's tennis gets a shout-out. The women's Australian Open final scored a 1.43 million viewership. And the men's, where Novak Djokovic, a very known entity, Djokovic, claimed a a historic 22nd Grand Slam title where he only saw 1.3 million viewers. So shout out to women's tennis. I guess at this point, should women's tennis players uh, make more than the men's side if they keep this up? Of course, but I guess they already do. I think they do in some cases, but...
2: Yeah, maybe not on the, the, the number one compared to the, the male number mm-hmm. one compared to the female number one. But um, right. like we said last time, where I live in Belgium, the best tennis players are women, and they definitely make more than men.
1: Yeah, they're ranked higher than your men are, though, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: they used to be number one, Kim Clijsters. Yeah.
1: Here's the big question, and we're always talking about equal pay for equal work, right? Mm-hmm. Women's tennis, they don't do equal work to the men's. Uh, they don't have to play five sets in the final. Men's do. So the men actually have to do more work. And in this case, as we're talking about viewership, they'd actually get paid less. So what do you think about that?
2: We're getting discriminated again. And it's <laughs> it's a constant, it's a constant. <laughs> try, try being a white 45-year-old manager. <laughs> try to enter a board. It's impossible. They only need women. <laughs> <laughs> discriminated i tell you
1: uh, uh, yeah not because it's been flush with old white men forever but yes no we we, we get it leaving it's hard it's hard being in it's hard being a white yeah. dude in europe i'm sorry i'm sorry about that but we cope we cope <laughs> <laughs> let's hit events uh unleash america is happening in vegas in april are you coming out for that one
2: I might. I need to check because I'm okay. going skiing. Okay. I, know I know again, uh, the second week of April, I need to check if I can make <laughs> it. Uh, Rika, from time to time, expects me to work. But I can say it's work. It is work. Going to unleash is work. We'll check.
1: It is. It is. So then we have Wreckfest in London happening on July 6th. Now, if anybody out there is listening, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in the US, it doesn't matter. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on events. We have a long list of events that we have already committed to yes in early february we've already committed to uh check it out go to uh, unleash we'll see you in vegas go to rec fest we'll see you in london both are at amazing amazing parties it's time for topics Leaving. Welcome to the jungle. This one starts with an article in TechCrunch entitled Welcome to the Jungle grabs 54 million for its slick job platform. French startup Welcome to the Jungle has raised a new 50 million euros in uh, Series C funding. The startup helps companies recruit new employees more easily by creating sophisticated profiles packed with a ton of information. Welcome to the Jungle sends a photo and video crew to your office so that they can shoot some high-quality photos and record some quick interviews with employees. Essentially, a profile on the platform should look like a feature article in a fancy magazine. Do those still even exist, fancy magazines. Clients also add job postings and more information about benefits, company culture, and the existing team. Job seekers can then browse job offers and learn more about the companies on Welcome to the Jungle's job board. Okay, Levin, are you in the house of HR ready to enter the jungle? We
2: are the jungle.
1: Welcome to the
2: jungle! But, uh, I like the reference to Guns N' Roses, and I always say names are important, so they got the name right. It's something which will, it will stay welcome to the jungle i like it
1: what do you think about this model though i mean it's incredibly content rich i mean there's got to be a shit ton of resources that actually go to creating all that content sending crews and resources i mean it's it's got to be it's got to be expensive uh for the company who's actually buying it but is it really sustainable as a model for uh, a company that's really just a, a a pretty job board
2: it's difficult but uh I've been looking into them because I was interested. They um, started out with launching their platform to reach out to engineers and then they added different verticals. Right. And it's always a good approach. I think if you launch niches because people want specialists and we know uh, we, we are who you want to hire, something like that. So, um, mm-hmm. I like the approach, but they claim to reach 3 million unique visitors each year. And they said something like that in their, um, in their press release, uh-huh. 3 million unique visitors.
1: Unique visitors a year or a, year. Or
2: a month? I, I, wow. I think they say a year. <laughs> if it's, if it's a month, I uh, okay. definitely won't believe it. A year, I find it hard to believe because okay. if you look into France, there are 67 million inhabitants at the total population, 67 million. So I think the yeah. um, active population will be about 30 million, something like that. So they say okay. they reach over 10% of the active population. I find it hard to believe. That's really a lot because only 7% of the population in France is unemployed. So yeah. that means, pff, no, it's just too much. It's it's impossible. Basically, because they're focusing on uh, on engineers and 80% of the people just are not engineers. They will never be engineers. So I have some problems with the numbers. Maybe it's wrong in, uh, in the, um, the thing I read. But I liked, as you say, I liked the content and uh, I liked the concept about uh, adding content. And it's nice, but... It's not like it's so different from LinkedIn. It's what LinkedIn is trying to reach with their company pages, only they don't succeed. Mm. And here they succeed because (laughs) they send their own teams to um, clients. And to answer your question, is it sustainable? I don't know. Maybe if you send really cheap teams. I had the impression I liked it. Uh, We have a company in in France uh, hiring engineers, uh, Bilson, So when I Mm
1: -hmm. looked into
2: them, I, I was really interested. But after a while, I had a feeling this really isn't that new. I mean, 50 years ago, 15 years ago we did the same thing it's like adding mm-hmm. video to websites and adding information and yeah. make the um, user experience as smooth as possible but i had trouble finding their website through google i was looking for uh, offre d'emploi um, engineer um, lyon uh-huh. and they were on the second page of google on the first page was like always indeed and some others gotcha but they were on the second page and i did lots of tests with a a vpn pretending to be in france and i did it as it should have been done and i couldn't really find Mm -hmm. them and you can have a great website but if people don't find it it's useless so i in the end i i wasn't really convinced about the whole concept and then i think they got a lot of money and they need to prove a lot still
1: doesn't all this information already exist on the corporate career site or shouldn't It exists on the corporate career site. I mean, why are companies driving candidates to third party sites for researching information that should be driving people to your own site? And if they don't have the major hammer like Indeed does for SEO and search engine optimization, then why? It makes no sense whatsoever. So personally, this feels like the muse here in the u.s uh for france and the muse hasn't even received as much money as uh as welcome to the jungle has the muse was created back in 2011 and welcome to the jungle was created in 2014. they've only recently started saying mad funding welcome to the jungle so no clue why this old model that deters, and it's more third-party centric, deters away from the actual original job and content, it, it doesn't make that much sense to me. The, the Welcome to the Jungle is uh, more, I think, at this point, a promise to to the total addressable market increases. Their Their new funding is. They had created a, an applicant tracking system, which I think is just ridiculous. Uh, and they're also broadening up to do more than just tech jobs. As you had said, I, I like the expansion out of tech jobs. It does make sense, but they're expanding out of tech, and they're also eyeing the U.S. for a prospective invasion itself. So trying to do all these things at once with a measly 50 million euros. <laughs> what? What do you you think about that?
2: I love the word measly. (laughs) I think it always sounds good to an investor if you claim to be having plans to uh, reach out to the United States and to grow and it's a huge market. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's mostly talk to to get the investors happy, I think. I don't see it happen. France is a big market on itself, but it's very isolated and um, it's hard to get out of it. It's hard to get into as well, but it's hard to get out of it. Right, It's a different world sometimes.
1: Yeah. So so question, why, why wouldn't they focus on more of Europe? I know, I mean, it's, it is conquering different countries and if you're going to conquer another country, you might as well go to the U S it's, it's easier from a linguistic standpoint, but still, I mean, you would think that you would have strength closer to home. It just, to me, it seems like a Hail Mary for investors. Uh, And it just doesn't. It seems it seems rather delusional knowing that here in the U.S. this model was popular shit fifteen years ago. It's not so popular today.
2: I agree, and I had the same impression. We did similar things fifteen years ago, and they're still doing it, and they are adding. Like you said, a magazine, and they even used to have. I'm not sure if they still have it. They used to have a yearly coffee table book, something really fancy. You had to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, about yeah. the, uh, let's say, the um, the career a career guide for engineers in France, and mm. um, people actually bought it. And it's nice. It's doing something different. And retro is in. If this was a buy or sell, I uh, wouldn't be buying.
1: I, I think uh, I'm with you. This would definitely be a, a double sell. Yeah. Uh, On the the other end of this break, we are going to do just that, kids, a little by ourselves. Stay tuned. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at fygi.nl. All right, Levin, you ready for a little buy or sell? Buy or sell. Excellent. Okay, kids. Listen up. What we're going to do in this segment is I'm going to give you a little, little synopsis about a company who just received funding. And then Levin and I are going to buy or sell that organization. We have three startups. Levin, are you ready?
2: Totally ready.
1: Here we go. This one's from tech.eu launched in 2021. Portuguese HR tech startup. CoverFlex has raised 15 million euros in a series A funding round that will see the company launch its compensation solution in Italy as well as strengthen its position in Portugal. CoverFlex is addressing the cookie cutter problem. The customizable solution allows employers to go beyond the quote unquote traditional and powers up health insurance, meal allowance, fringe benefits, and discount programs. CoverFlex is also positioning itself as a service for recruiting. Imagine that. Hoping to attract the best talent by offering such flexibility. According to the company, since launching in 2021, very new, they're used by more than 3,600 companies, culminating in a year on year growth of 400%. No real numbers. Uh, we're provided just those crazy percentile numbers that really don't mean much of anything to anybody. So Levin, are you buying or selling CoverFlex?
2: It's a really interesting company. And so they offer compensation package supports, which is a growing business in a world where salaries are text into oblivion. So that's definitely interesting. They have a very clear offering. I like their websites. I like what they're doing. And I noticed they claim to have Natixis as a client. and Natixis is the investment bank of um, NaxiCup, which is our private equity uh-huh. partner. And they just sold to a, a part of it, sold to Bain. But uh, we know them pretty well. And I know Natixis and NaxiCup are pretty intelligent people. And if they work with them, then I'm convinced already. So, in this case, definitely a buy.
1: Definitely a buy. Excellent. <clears throat> All right, so... 15 million in a Series A is no joke, and managing comp is a pain in the ass. So a platform slash app that helps employers manage their own child care vouchers, retirement, health care insurance, workers comp, and much more is a huge weight off of HR's neck and or back. Uh, When a vendor shoulders HR's weight and identifies other areas of expansion, in this case, Italy, uh, I become interested then throw in they are a portuguese company and i just gotta get on board coverflex is a buy for me
2: are those creative compensation packages a thing in the us as well because in europe it's really it's a lot i mean because taxes are so high on on, um, on labor You have to offer people something different than those compensation packages are. Is it the same thing in the U.S.?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, comp packages are are all over the place, which is one of the reasons why companies trying to get their arms around them in many cases is it's not easy. So these, these types of platforms, again, it makes it easy. So not just in Europe. But if they want to jump the pond one day and come to come to the US, there might be a market here for them as well. Mm. So a double apply for our Portuguese friends over at CoverFlex. Next, we have emocional. Redarbor, the leading human resource technology company in Latin America has made an investment of 400,000 euros in Emocional. Total funding 800 or yeah, 800,000 euros. The startup develops AI compatible of detecting emotional state and personalities, creepy. It does it does so through images and videos to improve people's mental health and create emotional sustainable companies. Emotional will use the funds to improve and optimize the A- their AI models, which will work with supercomputing centers to turn its technology into an international benchmark capable of helping and improving emotional well-being in companies. That's a lot of emotional going around. Levin, is this startup getting you emotional? Buy or sell? Emotional?
2: Definitely a sell. And I could talk 10 minutes about this. I won't. It's really easy. I didn't like the name because when I tried to find a website, there are 50 million references to emotional. It's just a common word. Yes. It's really hard to stand yes. out. So that's a bad thing when you're trying to launch a new company. Mm-hmm. And... Also, like you said, it's creepy. AI and emotions <laughs> and me—it just doesn't get along too well. So no, it's a sell.
1: <laughs> Belgians aren't a fan of emotions. What? note noted.
2: We keep it inside where they belong. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so that's a, that's a big no from Weaven. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> my side—it's fairly simple. Nope, nope, and nope. Anything that monitors Slack. Teams and other business communications is a no go for me. It's way too too dystopian 1984 and its mental health narrative to me is is even more creepy. It's for your own good, yeah. right? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> it's for your own good. It's okay. Mm. So anything that sends us further into an enemy of the state scenario is a huge sell. So- <laughs> For me. So, so. have you seen uh, Enemy of the State, uh, the movie Enemy of the State, leaving? No,
2: nope, I didn't.
1: Okay. It's a 1998 movie. Listener, you got to check this out. It has Will Smith and Gene Hackman. And uh, Enemy of the State, put it on your list. Watch it tonight. As we start to make these types of references, you have to understand where we're going. And it's an amazing movie. You're going to love it. Moving on to... Gemba, Uh, again from tech.eu, London-based enterprise metaverse developer Gemba aspires to build virtual worlds for corporate training. It's announcing an 18 million Series A raise led by New York investor, Parkway Venture Capital. Raised at a $60 million valuation, this funding is expected to help grow Gemba's business in North America while also honing in on EMEA. You know Joel had to weigh in on this one because it's the metaverse, right?
0: Hey, what's up, boys? Sorry
1: I couldn't be with you this week. I'm on a Chinese weather balloon on my way to Texas. I bet that's never (laughs) been said on a podcast before. Anyway, I hear you're doing buy or sell this week, talking about VR startup Gimba. By the way, that's the Japanese term for actual place. Okay, let's see. Virtual reality, work from home, upskilling, and an ESG spin. With Apple's VR coming soon, ready to raid enterprise budgets all around the world Check, 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 and check. Plus clients like Unilever, Nike, Carlsberg, and Levin's automaker of choice, Bentley. And I say, cue the careless whisper, kids. Gemba is a screaming <laughs> buy from your boy. And that's it. That's my review. Choose. i I'm out. Go figure. It's a big buy from Joel. It's VR. It's Metaverse. Nobody's surprised here. Uh, but uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy? Are you going to sell Gemba? Leave it. First of
2: all, Bentley is for football players. I think it's very ordinary. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be associated with it. But uh question was, buy or sell? I think short term, it could even be a buy because I think every company wants to do something in the Metaverse and they need companies like this to just get there. But after two years, you'll notice it just doesn't work and uh, nobody gives a shit and then they'll leave. So that's when you <laughs> need to sell before this happens. So if they're really cheap now, I might buy, but uh, for a really, really short period of time. So this sounds like a sell more, I think, because it's just, I never seen any of those companies that went beyond the gimmick so far. It all sounds nice. You have to do something in the metaverse. You have to use VR for training. But I've tested so many tools. I've seen so many tools until now. I haven't seen anything which was better than the real world. So maybe someday.
1: Maybe someday. So I think growing business in the US and honing in on EMEA, to me, is a problem. I see this as a mistake for startups all the time. No... You go where you're getting traction, and then you start to spread out with expansion through your current clients. That's called wallet share, kids. You start where they're getting, where they're buying it, and then you spread out. So don't split your luck, especially if you're getting traction in the U.S., which many EU companies have problems with right out of the gate. So that being said, the practical application in healthcare alone makes this company worth a look. For me and the money that will be thrown at it at about every single step until they get acquired. I agree right out of the gate. They're going to be uh, an organization that you're, you're, you're going to see a lot of people, I think, try to go and acquire, but I think they hang on. I think if they can continue to get this type of cash, they, uh, and they are focused on good go to market. In the U.S., to me, I think I think this is a buy just from the standpoint of uh, it's going to be too big to fail. There are too many people in healthcare who want to try to get people up to speed quicker, and this might be a great way to do so. Okay, excellent. So we're going to move on to uh, something near and dear to both of our hearts: the Ford. Motor Company. Just kidding. Just kidding. Levin, has the EU really gone mad? Here's an article from uh, The Express entitled EU Madness, blamed as Ford moves toward thousands of jobs going back to the US. Ford is moving most of the positions concerned from Germany back to the U.S., including roles in product development and administrative areas. Up to 3,200 jobs will be moved across the whole of Europe as the automaker cuts costs by shifting production toward electric vehicles. At the Aachen site, uh, on the border of Belgium and the Netherlands, where Ford has a research center, 220 employees are fearing they could prospectively lose their job. Did I say that right? Is it Aachen? Aachen, yeah. Aachen, okay, I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. I'm getting there. I read this article and I didn't understand where they tied this to EU madness. Can you connect (laughs) the dots here, Levin?
2: Yeah, it's just about uh, taxation and, and all kinds of legislation problems. But basically, if I'm right, I think Ford needed to retreat to the U.S. because of tons of reasons i'll get into and later into it later mm-hmm. and they needed someone to blame so when you're retreating to the us why not blame the ua eu, EU? i mean mm-hmm. it's uh it's easy The problems are not the eu it's not uh, the eu going mad problems in the, um, the car manufacturing industry there are tons of problems i mean there's a switch from combustion to full electric there are logistic problems problems in belgium for example volvo cars you know the car manufacturer they have mm-hmm. a big factory in belgium yeah. they had to put, put most of their production workers on technical unemployment because they just couldn't get the spare parts to get the production line rolling so mm-hmm. it's closed for uh, 10 days now just because they don't have the the parts and i guess with Ford it's the same thing you have a uh, tesla um reducing their prices you have um The rising costs for battery components when every car has to be an electrical one and there is a shortage, Mm -hmm. you get a problem. But in Europe and probably in the US as well, you have um, a terrible inflation, which has a big impact on the salaries. So salaries are going up pretty fast. And all these things together, I think, created a perfect storm for Ford. And if they were having troubles, this might be the perfect moment to to retreat. But uh, blaming the EU is probably just uh, a cheap way to... uh, explain
1: it's a great way to point fingers 30 years ago the u.s opened itself up to the outsourcing of manufacturing in a very very big way canada mexico europe and many other countries benefited in and this major move toward globalization so and let's be clear we are a global economy in the u.s and obviously in europe but the snapback effects were bound to happen, especially after a pandemic and manufacturing supply lines were halted because a part an American company needed to produce a final product for the market was being held up in a lockdown Europe or Asia. Much like depending way too much on Russian oil, Europe needs to shore up its own manufacturing instead of leaning so hard on the U.S. Europe needs to have Global ties, no question, but they also need to become much more self-sustainable. I don't believe in the the bullshit of America first or EU first as we are global economies, although we have to create sustainable and responsible growth instead of just uh, focusing on the cheapest way to deliver a product. I think... Again, we made the choice as as the U.S., and this was going to happen sooner or later. It took 30 years. So uh, Europe benefited for for 30 years, but I agree 100%. I don't think this is the EU's fault. Uh, I think they just, much like Russian oil, they got addicted to the, to, to the Russian oil. They got addicted to the U.S. cash and jobs, and you just can't put all your eggs in one basket. So I, I don't see this as the EU's maddening, per se.
2: No, and 3,200 jobs, that's a lot. But then again, it's it's really nothing. Those people won't have yeah. much difficulties finding a new job because every company in Germany is uh, craving technicians, uh, engineers. Yeah. Most of them won't have a big problem. I can imagine Ford not being happy at the moment, given all the um, circumstances. But to be honest, we prefer German cars. And Ford tried to make American cars in Germany. <laughs> it's just not a German car. And in Europe, we like German cars. So Ford, good riddance, yeah. go home, bye. Boy,
1: that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, I have to say that, you know, when I spend time in Europe, I don't see a lot of American cars over there anyway. And the ones what? that I do see most of are Fords. Fords yeah, sure. But those are they're, – they're more the Fiestas, the small, the incredibly little cheap ones mm-hmm. that can fit into a parking space very <laughs> nicely. But you don't see – I mean, you don't see – I think I've seen maybe one Ford, one or two uh, Ford trucks in Portugal, and in, in Portugal, especially in the Algarve, you have much more space yeah. to move and those types of things. It's not like a big city, so I would have thought that I would have seen more of those. But no, that's just not that's not the case. The
2: Fort Raptor and the Fort F one fifty are what's it called? Those really big pickups. I I like them. i yes. deep inside. I'm a redneck, and I would love to have a pickup and, and a porch and a shotgun. Yeah. But in Europe, it's just not <laughs> practical. I mean, driving a yes. driving yes. a pickup through Paris is not something I would like to do. But but Fort, like you said. We have the Ford focus the Fort fiesta the smaller ones are mm-hmm. are um, pretty spread i think they sell a lot the fort mondeo those others i used to see more than i do now but could be my impression maybe i just don't look at them anymore the for company cars and many people here have a company car, and those are mostly mm-hmm. German cars because for so many reasons. But uh, reseller prices yeah. are
1: higher. I do have my eye on a Puma. Have you seen oh, the yeah. Ford Pumas? Yeah. When we get down, when we get down to uh, back to to Portugal, I think we want to buy me a, a a Ford Puma. But at the end of the day, this is Ford. This is one organization. But much like we saw with Twitter, Twitter started doing cuts, right? And then you started seeing all these tech companies making cuts because, and they're pointing their their fingers at, at Twitter saying, well, if they can do it, we can do it too. Mm-hmm. Do you think other companies will point at Ford and say, well, you know, if they can do it, not to mention with all the pressure to get manufacturing back into the U.S. after 30 years of stupidity here in the United States and focusing on nothing but college and not technical degrees, right? Do you think that there's going to be a much larger snapback than just this initial 3,200 jobs?
2: Could be, not in the car industry, I think, but um, in other industries, could be, definitely. Uh, We'll get a a reshuffle of um, everything that's going to go fast, because um, the coming years will be hard. I'm not a macro economist, so I'm not going to make heavy predictions about this. Uh, But uh, you're probably right, it will happen.
1: I'm not a macro economist, but I do play one <laughs> on a podcast. Big shout out to our, our buddy Joel. Hopefully everything is going well with the family. And we will see you back here on the Chad and Cheese behind a mic saying stupid shit <laughs> before we know it. Promise.
2: <laughs> we out. We out.
0: Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Cheese podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bugfights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggle heads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite Western, you can't quit them either. We out. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune in to the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig,